Yeah, it was it was um, huge for us. We were we were all in this thing together. Um, it was a we thing, and uh, everybody just believed. It was a it was a beautiful um, beautiful demonstration of re- resilience. Um, beautiful demonstration of just not giving up and not giving in. A beautiful demonstration of resilience. It sounds like a band name. I don't know if it accurately describes uh, what we've seen from the Broncos through four <laughs> games this season. Uh, but alas, Denver is in the win column after a 21-point comeback against the Chicago Bears on Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. The Broncos trailed 28-7 to with four minutes left in the third quarter. They come all the way back, score 24 unanswered points to get their first win, led by a uh, fantastic game from the guy you just heard from, Russell Wilson. Uh, we're going to get into all of that here on a fresh episode of the Not Another Bucking Podcast. My name is Nick Kosmider, joined by producer Cos, Matt Kosmider, to uh, to talk about this game. And, um, you know, look, we can get all the caveats out of the way and should up front, yeah. right? This this was a game between – it was one of two games between 0-3 teams this weekend, the Vikings and the Panthers being the other one. Um, so this, this was a game really for uh, – the battle of the basement supremacy, right? And in terms of which of these teams was leading the race to Caleb Williams, as much as you can say that uh, four weeks into the season. And for much of today, it looked like the Broncos were right down that road. Um, The defense that was awful against Miami was just as bad uh, somehow uh, today against the Bears. You know, they, they they got a good stop on the first drive, in part because Chicago made a weird decision to, to not go for it near midfield when you're 0-3 and your offense is kind of rolling a little bit. You punt the ball. Um, but then after that, the, the, the Bears score. Um, you know, they score on three straight drives. Uh, the only drive they get stopped after that is, is, a, is one that ends the half with a Hail Mary attempt. They score their first drive of the third quarter, and it's 28-7. to And, Matt, this defense, woof. Like to to buzz to borrow a line from Home Alone, like buzz your defense, <laughs> woof, like yeah. right back to it, man. Like what what was going on in your yeah. in your view? Well, I mean Vance Joseph, and I mean Peyton talked about it a little bit after the game, but Vance Joseph clearly came in with the mindset of we're going to make the Bears beat us throwing the ball. Um, they didn't want they didn't want to see you know broken broken down running lanes and a quarterback running for, for, you know, 11 times for 60 yards against them. So the pass rush was a kind of a cage rush, right? You know, designed around containment. Um, and they're like, well, we'll, we'll see if, uh, how the secondary holds up. And I mean, we got our answer very quickly in the first half about how that secondary was going to hold up. And it was not a good picture. Um, they, in the first half, of the last two games, you you wrote about it earlier. They've forced one incomplete pass, and it was on a hail mary to end the first half today. So, not the way that you want to be starting games out as a defense. Quarterbacks are thirty two of thirty three in the first half of the last two games. That I mean, that game. is that is his, historical. And the Broncos did do a good job with that containing the the rush lanes for Justin Fields, right? Because if you are going to take that away. Then, then that's what you have to do. You have to be disciplined in not, not, not r- rushing higher than the quarterback and let, allowing him to just go up the middle. They did that for most of the game until the fourth quarter, which we'll get to in a minute, um, where Justin Fields had a 20-yard gain that threatened to sort of end Denver's comeback. They eventually obviously get a fourth down stop. We'll get to it. Um, but, Matt, I, just, I think my, my takeaway from this is 
with all those caveats that we've established being what they are, this was a win the Broncos had to have. And it wasn't pretty. It required, uh, again, a comfort behind a 21-point deficit, largest comeback for them since 2020. Um, but they got they got it done. And they got it done because Russell Wilson, who for all that's gone wrong, we've, we've continued to talk about the improvement we've seen with him, the fit with Sean Payton. And here we are that the biggest offseason storyline was how Sean Payton and Russell Wilson Russell Wilson would gel and whether those two could collectively help this offense function a lot more efficiently than it did a year ago. They're passing, largely passing that test. It hasn't been perfect, but this offense is far better than the offense a year ago. That That's clear now. That's, that's not really up for debate. And Russell Wilson is looking like, uh, again, like a 2020 version of himself, 2019 version of himself. He had his best game as a Bronco today. He completed 75% of his passes, 233 yards. He threw three touchdown passes. He overcame five false start penalties by his own line, never kept composure. And I thought, Matt, the thing that, that was struck me about Russell Wilson today, he played as animated as I've seen him. And I know some of that is can be hard to quantify and, and put it in whatever box you want to put it in. But there was just something from him where you and, and guys talked about it in the locker room after the game, like he sparked something in us. Like you could just see it in the way that he played today. Yeah, no, he was coming off the field when they're down, when they just scored to make it 24 or 28, 14 talking about like, they know we're going to win. And you know, that's the kind of attitude that you want to be giving to your team. Like they see it, they know that we're coming back right now. And it honestly, it did feel like there was a really good chance that that was coming. I don't think that we were wondering whether the offense was capable of putting up 21, 24 points and a half that I think, wasn't a huge surprise to see the offense go out and play that well. They have surprisingly been fairly consistent this season. Um, the question throughout the entire first half of that game and even into the second half was, is this defense going to stop anybody? Because um, the offense, we talked about the first couple of weeks that they were missing those explosive plays. And today with Jaleel McLaughlin entering the lineup after Javante goes down, that was huge difference in the in the amount of explosive plays they were getting in the run game, and then that's not even talking Marvin or Marvin Mims after his muffed punt early in the game was was muffed quiet kickoff, for quite muffed kickoff yeah. excuse me for quite a while it was pretty quiet for quite a while up until that last drive. But those two guys get it, those two rookies getting involved and being those explosive threats, causing those big plays, is what really I think is getting this offense gelling and getting getting some momentum. Yeah, one hundred percent, and and. Um... I didn't touch on McLaughlin a lot in the story I wrote at the Athletic after the game because I'm gonna write something separate on him. But here's a guy that comes in, has not had consistent carries at all in the first three weeks of the season. Um, I, I don't think he's had more than two carries in a game at any point. And Javante Williams goes down with with a hip injury uh, in the second quarter, and um, the Broncos need that spark. Jalil McLaughlin, seven carries, 72 yards. He had a 31 yard run in the fourth quarter. That, that helped the Broncos, um, you know, led the Broncos on their drive that pulled them within a touchdown. Um, he was magnificent. Uh, just his shiftiness in space um, and, and his ability when, when they run these like inside toss plays, it's been a wrinkle that I've seen uh, watching this team. We I think we talked about it a little bit, um, but, but just sort of that you get everybody moving to the inside and then with one quick cut and his ability to sort of snake in between the defense, he's just got that like little shimmy. Um, he is fun to watch, man. It, he, he really is. And, you know, he caught, he, you know, he had the seven carries for 73 yards. He also was their first touchdown on an 18 yard screen 
where he, you know, he got at the line scrimmage, well executed. And then he just, again, kind of this in out cut got past the defender. Um, and, and Sean Payton said afterwards, like, yeah, he's going to see, he's going to see an expanded role. And especially if, you know, if it's a hip slash groin injury for Javante Williams, you, you think given what other guys dealing with that same injury have, have dealt with, you know, there could be an absence there of a, of a week or two. We don't want to speculate. We'll find out more this week, but um, you feel good about putting Jaleel McLaughlin in the game. Yeah, certainly as far in the running game and in the pass receiving game, he definitely brings a, a certain spark. Um, Samaje P. Ryan is kind of that more of what you were already had from Javante Williams as far as that hard runner, um, better in pass protection. Uh, that was one thing yeah. Peyton kind of mentioned when he was talking about Jaleel McLaughlin after the game is you love, you love getting him involved in the game, but you also don't want to put him in positions where he's getting where there's mismatches because he's in yeah. the game. Because the one sack that the Broncos gave up today was when McLaughlin tried to pick up a blitzing linebacker, Jack Sanborn, and he just got – he completely whiffed on the block. Um, yeah. That led to the one time that Wilson went down today, which is a great if, – if that's the only time that Wilson gets sacked today, you take that. Um, but you prefer, to, you prefer to not have to have your – your little scat back trying to pick up a massive outside linebacker blitzing without any, any, any help. So, right. Um, they have to be smart about when they get him in, but when they get the ball in his hands, it is fun to watch. Um, and then again, we were talking about Marvin Mims had the big catch on the last drive. Also had another big punt return leading in our earlier in the, in the game as well. So yep. yeah, he now has two, two punt returns. And, and I, I wrote about this for kind of my weekend piece was what's really been interesting about, Marvin Mims is he has obviously made the most out of his return opportunities. He had the 99 yard kickoff return for a touchdown, his first punt return um, against the commanders in week two, his only punt return until today was for 44 yards. Today was only the second punt he actually got to return and he takes it back 28 yards to kind of jumpstart the Broncos on a fourth quarter touchdown drive. Um, really great return. And it helped the tone for, as you mentioned, um, on Chicago's first punt, or I'm sorry, on their, their first kickoff after um, after they had scored their opening touchdown, just kind of gets on top of them, hits them in the head. They ended up, you know, being at the four yard line, recovers it, and they, they weren't able to do anything with that drive. And that kind of it was it did feel like a kind of a bad swing point in the game for the Broncos because they're there. They end up having a not a great punt uh, from there, and, and the, the Bears have a short field, which. The last thing you want to have when you're when you're not when you're just not clicking defensively is giving teams short fields and that that's what happened there. But again, you know, like you're gonna make he's mistakes. He's he's a rookie. I mean, there's veterans on this team making a lot of mistakes. Like that's that that's the one thing that's kind of like puzzled me about Marvin Mims is like, you know, if you're just saying it's this rookie situation, like he's he has played very clean football. That this, of course, being one the really the one exception that we can note. Um, you know, without breaking down the film of, you know, I'm sure he's, there's been some routes missed here and there. Uh, but I, I want to take it, I want to take it back to this, to this defense. Okay. So the Bears score on, on Justin Fields' fourth touchdown pass to Khalil Herbert, a two yard pass. It's 28 to seven. There's four minutes left in this game. And at that point, the Broncos are staring down the barrel of 0 and 4. Um, you know, and again, I'm, I'm basically starting this column of like, you know, Sean Payton. Um, said before training camp that Nathaniel Hackett authored one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And the way I'm thinking is it's been a bad month for Nathaniel Hackett, right? He lost his BFF <laughs> and his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, on the fourth right. play of the season, right? Like, awful. Um, and he's saddled with Zach Wilson, who was 
the number two pick of the 2021 draft and has shown no signs that he is a functioning NFL quarterback. So they'll probably move on from him. And the net result of it all, I, I last I saw it was 17 to two tonight. I'm sure they're still getting trounced. Not 2012, actually. Last, last okay. Looked, so you know, so 12, 12 points for a, a Zach Wilson. You know, Zach Wilson has like 105 QBR to, uh, to Patrick Mahomes is 75. That's the last I saw. And I assume that that continued the entire game and the jets won. <laughs> yeah. So you'll, we'll, we'll leave our uh, listeners to kind of go ch- fact check that on their own. But anyway, so, so it's not, it's not been a good month for Nathaniel Hackett, but he was, he was, you know, as I was kind of writing this, like he was going to be able to be comforted on his flight to Denver for their week five game next Sunday with the, with this singular thought, which is, Hey, Sean Payton, if, if I authored one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history, what is 0-4 with mostly the same team, but what you believe to be better additions, um, a 50-point loss and a loss to the Chicago Bears as part of an 0-4 start? Um, what is that, right? So they, inv- they avoided that indignity, but Sean Payton, to his credit, said like, we're gonna when we could hear the music thumping, you know, that's Sean Payton's thing, right? This club dub, you win, you get to like, you get to embrace it. And the locker room was full of happy players who have just had to deal with this. That's what the NFL is. You win, you get, you get the spoils, you get to celebrate it. No matter who it's against, no matter what it looks like, it's hard to win. You get to do it, but it can't cloud the fact that man, if, if I think some reinforcements will help, it'd be great to have Justin Simmons in a secondary that just seems lost half the time. Um, and you know, a, a guy like Josie Jewell, just a little more sound right now at inside linebacker, those things are going to help, but the, the issues are, are more foundational to that. But what I was getting to Matt is that they made the plays as part of that comeback. Like th- the comeback wouldn't have happened if the defense didn't eventually answer the bell. It happens in Delaire and Turner yell, uh, getting a deflection on third down after the Broncos had cut it to 28, 14. So now you have to punt. Um, and then. Broncos go down and score. Russell Wilson hits Cortland Sutton for a 13-yard touchdown pass and three fist pumps to follow. And then you had the play of the game, as Sean Payton called it. Um, Matt, what did you think of that play? Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, touchdown. Well, the the play was the play was great by Nick Benito. And I think it was interesting kind of looking at the fact that coming into the week, this was the first week that Nick Benito actually took over for Andy. Uh, Randy Gregory as the starting as the starter there. So him coming in, all he did was match his career total for sacks with two and a half sacks in the game, forced fumble, two tackles for loss. Dude played, he played a really good game. I thought in, in overall, I thought that the defensive line wasn't too played fairly well throughout the game. Interestingly though, it was when they kind of went from that cage rush of containing fields to now we're going to bring extra pressure that they actually started to find some success. So they they brought five on that play. They started bringing five, um, the next drive as well. And that was when we started to see fields uncomfortable throwing the ball. And that's when they actually started to have some success defensively. So like, I, I think that they, they realized after that first half that if we just, if we put it on our secondary to make the play without anything else going on up until that last drive with that last interception, that that wasn't really working out for them. Um, so they got some pressure. They got that strip sack. They got that. You take, you take a trip back to the end zone with a fumble recovery against, you know, your former college teammate. That's just going to be a pretty awesome experience for sure. So, uh, the guys in the locker room, were all really happy or we're all celebrating that play. And I mean it, but Benito, like I said, he played, he played beautifully. That was a perfect, like rush depth for what you want. Yeah. Didn't fall for the play fake at all. 
And, and yeah, you said that you said it. He didn't fall for the play fake and he didn't hesitate. Like it's one of the, cause there, there's been a lot of, there, there's sort of similar plays earlier in the game where you kind of get out on the edge, you get kind of a free rush, but you're not exactly sure what Justin Fields is going to do. That, that is sort of the, the challenge that he presents because if you, if you bite the rush too hard, you know, he, he's going to, he's going to maybe, you know, juke, juke you a little bit inside, whatever the case might be. But Nick Benito committed to that. Once he realized he was unaccounted for, he just darted there. Just he got on top of Justin Fields quicker than the, the quarterback realized. And, you know, he essentially kind of drops the ball, just trying to like account for Nick Benito coming, uh, darting into his face. And so then you had Jonathan Cooper just there, picks up the ball. And yeah, and, and Sean Payton's quote was, you know, usually you score on defense, you're going to win those games. And that happened here. Um, but after that, like, the, the only problem with that was that the defense had to go back on the field again because that, that was, it had been a fairly lengthy drive. Like the bears got to midfield. Um, you know, the defense had been on the field quite a bit and then they go right back out there after kind of the emotion of scoring a touchdown. Now you got to kind of like bring it back down and play solid sound defense again. And they almost didn't, the bears go down the field, the, the, the running game, man, they gave up 171 yards one week after giving up 350 yards. They, they have got some serious issues to figure out with how they're like playing gap discipline on their, with their run defense. But the Bears, behind some big runs by Khalil Herbert, get down to the 18-yard line. They have a fourth and one. And again, the game is tied. There's less than three minutes left on the clock. They sort of, um, they, they, they sort of make you think that they're going to just run, rush up to the line, try to get the Broncos offside. Um, they don't jump. So Chicago calls a timeout. Alex Singleton said, yeah, we were sure they were trotting the field goal unit on at that point. That's, that's what the, you thought they were doing. Instead, they, the bears come back out. And once their offense is on the field, now, you know, they're running a play and um, you know, they hand it off to Herbert inside Singleton fills the hole, stuffs them for zero yards. Matt, if they pick up that first down, if they get that one yard line, the, 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 the time on. is hot. Time is not on Denver's side. We were doing the math in the press box. I think so. What happens there? There's like two fifty. There was like two fifty-seven left. Broncos had one timeout. So you pick up the first down at that point. The 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 Bears have to use one run one more play before the two minute warning. So you let's say you you let them do that. They 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 hand it off. You you stuff the run. Second second and long as the two minute warning hits. Um, and then second down, you use your timeout right after the two minute warning. So maybe there's one fifty five left, whatever the case might be, uh, bringing up a third down. Now that you probably, if, if I'm the bears in that situation, you just run again, let the clock go down to about a minute. You kick the field goal to go up three, you leave the Broncos after the kickoff with like 50 seconds, something like that. And no timeouts granted, they would have only had to get in field goal range, but man, you're playing with fire at that point in a major, major way. Yeah, absolutely. And the fourth down stop was fantastic. Before that, though, even the yeah. third and five, Turner yeah. Yell came up flying up from his safety position yeah. for one of the best, like the biggest defensive plays of the game. Like he made that stop right at like you know, just flying to the ball. And that was what even set up the fourth and one that put us into that situation to begin with. Um, so the defense made no plays in the first half, but just enough plays, exactly the minimum amount of plays in the second half to give the offense a chance. And the offense last year, we were, it was always talking about like, man, is the offense, is the, or is the offense going to do enough to make up for, or to carry, or to pick up where the defense is carrying this heavy load. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this year it's been the opposite. The, the offense is not, it's not the Miami Dolphins offense. It's not going to score. It's not the, the Buffalo Bills offense. It's not going to score 45, 50 points a game, but it's going to be consistent. It's going to put up some points and it's going to give you a chance to win in games. If the defense plays respectable and this week, the defense played respectable um, in the for second a, half, at least yeah, for at least long enough to pull it out. So yeah, I thought, yeah, the, yeah, the, the the plays that they made down the stretch were were at least enough to give you some hope that there's a chance that this team could beat teams like the Jets, right. teams like the Vikings um, that are coming up on the schedule um, here in the next right. few weeks. Not maybe as much teams like Kansas City. Yeah, and I think like they, um, you know, the thing too, I think that you're like excited about a little bit if you're a fan of this team and you, and you enjoy good offensive football is that they're, they're, they're still leaving a lot on the table. And a lot of it is in the form of self-inflicted mistakes. They had five false start penalties today, two by Mike McGlinchey, the guy that got the $87 million contract. Like that is not cool, man. Like you're not supposed to be doing Unex- that. Especially on third and one. Like, oh, mm. like Sean Payton brought that up. You got, when you go third and one to third and six, that is just a backbreaker. And again, it's like a, it's like a 45% conversion rate, less right. 45% less likely conversion. Right. So you had that and you had a lot, uh, you had more of, again, in the first half, especially, um, of the, of the burned, the burned timeouts. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I think the Broncos had a chance with Chicago's last drive to kind of create that, like, um, you know, force a punt situation in that drive and give yourself a chance to like go down maybe get a field goal or, or something like that. Um, but but they they had no timeouts with which to do that. So so the Bears were able to just kind of throw a hail mary and, and do what they needed to do to run out the clock. Um, they burned so, all their timeouts with four minutes left in the yeah. first half. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, and it's the second. Yeah, so that keeps happening. So there. Yeah, again. So whatever that whatever that pipeline clog is, they they have to get that figured out because it's costing them opportunities to score points. Um, and the other the other thing the offense is leaving on the table is these. So this is crazy. They've won the toss every week. They've deferred every week, which means they've gotten the ball first to start the third quarter every week. They have not done anything on those four drives to, to start the second half. In week one, they put together a decent drive, but it stalled at the at the Raiders 37, so they kicked a 55-yard field goal. It missed. In the, in the three games since, those drives to start the third quarter have been three and outs for Denver. So... I mean, they they have just for whatever reason, and I asked offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi about that this week, and, and this was before they had another three and out. Like, can you put your finger on anything? He said, you know, it's, at this point, this this sample size is probably circumstantial because I think we're we're doing some good things. But if it was to continue, like, we'll, we'll need to like take a hard look at. It. I'm like, yeah, there, it's, I think it's take a hard look time at whatever it is at everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Again, the other encouraging so so that's one of the encouraging things that they've they've been leaving stuff on the table. Um, the the other part is that today, again, we have been talking about this. The splits in the first and second half for for Denver's offense have been bad. They they've been among the best in the league in the first half. Second half, a completely different story. Today, they score uh, twenty four points in the second half of this football game. Granted, seven of those were from the return, but the offense scored seventeen points uh, in the second half. Um, and so again, they, they just, Russell Wilson got it going that they, they had the confidence. They removed the ball. Jaleel McLaughlin, big runs. Uh, Jerry Judy had some really nice catches in the second half. Uh, 
Russell Wilson spread the ball around. They, they just they just got it going. They had a good mix. They felt like they were in control. Again, the only pass rush in the NFL worse than Denver's this year statistically has been the Bears. So that's a, another piece of the context that that we need there. They're going to face much uh, even the, even the Jets is as rough as their offense is. They're they're going to send a lot more pressure Russell Wilson's way on Sunday. But um, again, just just another positive that that's a, maybe a trend that they were able to kind of get past a little bit. They put together a really good second half performance. They did, and they did it against a team that was playing a lot of two high zone. Um, so two deep safeties, meaning that you don't have as many opportunities for that deep ball. And when the offense has had success and like last week and a couple times before that, it was on the deep balls. What's one of the things Russell Wilson does really well. Uh, we know he can throw deep. The question sometimes is whether those intermediate routes, those shorter routes, whether the team's going to be able to capitalize on those and against the team playing a lot of two highs, two high zone, they were able to take the dinks and the dunks and, and move the ball down the field. 12 yards on the screenplay, 10 yards on a run and get those kind of, that kind of consistent movement. And then finally, when they dialed up the play or the pass to Mims on the final drive or the second to last drive in the fourth quarter, um, they, you know, that, that was there. They found it again or with Judy running a kind of a seam down the middle. And then the crossing pattern by uh, Mims was open and they, they hit it and it looked really good when it finally did. So it's encouraging to see them kind of taking what the defense is giving them, and being able to kind of convert on that, even when it wasn't just the big, big deep balls to, to make it work. Yeah. And what, what was cool about that play, because you're right, that was right after the turnover on downs, Alex Singleton's fourth and one stop, the 48 yard pass to Marvin Mims that immediately put them in field goal range. It was the very first play of that drive. Uh, Russell Wilson, I, you know, I looked down um, while at Denver's defense was was on that on that drive, uh, the, the last the second to last Bears drive, I guess. And he's he had all his receivers over sitting next to him, and he's sort of going over like, you know, the checks, the hand signals. Um, you know, obviously not privy to what the conversation was, but it was pretty clearly they were going over some details of of, of some things they needed to accomplish on this on this last drive. And so, to, yeah, to just go out and hit it, execute it, uh, as Sean Payton said, Russell Wilson put it right, you know, right in the the honey hole or the turkey hole is what he called it. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful throw. Um, you know, he, he had got the safety, the, the, the second high safety leaning just enough this way, makes the throw. Um, he's been hitting that all year. And, and that's that's what you love to see with Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was an exciting day, I, I think, again, for this offense. Caveat being the Bears are, are what they are. But this is <laughs> this is but it was a progression of what we've been seeing. For It, it would be one thing if the Denver's offense hadn't, hadn't done anything particularly good. And then they have this performance. But it's a it's a continuation of what they've done now can you get some guys healthy on defense can you you know just something you know something to where you can maybe simplify your plan a little bit defensively um that's going to be the key yep and i think that's that's it man i think we've pretty much covered this game the broncos improved to one and three they get the first win of the sean Payton era later than uh, many hoped but here it is uh they avoided the dreaded zero and four start and they will now host the new york jets on sunday Sean Payton alluded to the, he, he called it the Jets fiasco, knowing that uh, much of this week will be uh, about the comments that he made uh, in late July of, about Nathaniel Hackett, who will be bringing that uh, beleaguered Jeff, Jets offense back to Denver, where he was uh, the coach last year for 15 games until he was he was fired. So fireworks, we'll get to uh, we'll get to talk about it all. We'll have a good conversation in the middle of uh, middle of the week about Broncos Jets, uh, but until then. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We we've been loving the feedback on the podcast. You you know you guys are 
you guys are listening, engaging. It's been awesome. Uh, so, so keep it up. Let us know what you think. Uh, and until then, thanks for watching and thanks for listening.